Welcome to Whoviana, an unofficial Doctor Who podcast hosted by the official Josh Snares. Whoviana is for the woman who says they love Doctor Who, but spends all of their time complaining about it. Today, we're going to be reviewing The Five Doctors, the 40th anniversary edition. But first, why do people get mad at me when I throw away the J card from the collection box set? All that and more in this episode of Who We Are! Welcome to my brand new podcast, Whoviana. I feel like Whovian has a really like negative connotation, like people hate the word. So I thought about why not make it a bit more fun, Whoviana. Whovian, lame, sad, generic, been done a million times, but Whoviana, camp, beautiful, stunning. So I thought we'd just give a new, new direction on the word. Let's reclaim it. Because like, I feel like I've always referred to myself as a Doctor Who fan rather than a Whovian. I don't really see like the big hatred towards the term, but Huviana. Yeah, I think I'm going to tell people I'm a Huviana because it's camp. <laughs> Another reason why I made this podcast was because I was asked to leave Twitter. I was formally escorted from the building um, because I may have said some choice things about the Tory party. But, you know, we all do things on Twitter, don't we? So, uh, but more on that later. <laughs> This podcast is mainly going to be talking about Doctor Who, but I feel like I don't want to limit myself with just Doctor Who. I'm going to be talking about things that just annoy me. This is like my new version of Twitter, but people are less angry at me. Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? Anyway, I'm going to stop saying what Whoviana is about, and we're just going to go straight into it. Did you hear that? I think I hear someone trying to call the manager. Excuse me, I'd like to speak to your manager. Welcome to The Full Karen, a segment where I complain about something Doctor Who related or completely unrelated. It's my podcast, my rules. And if you don't like it, I'll speak to your manager. So today I want to talk about the Doctor Who collection range, specifically the J card. So these collection sets are like Blu-rays of like newly remastered copies of classic Doctor Who. And by newly remastered, I mean like standard definition, but it doesn't look as standard definition looks cleaner. Um, so it's not proper HD. Doctor Who was rarely shot on film. Mainly their location stuff is shot on film, but not all of it survives. It's a long story, babes. We're not going into it. We're talking about the J cards, aren't we? So today I want to talk about the J cards. So a while ago, I put on Twitter, which I'm not on Twitter anymore, but we're going to go into that later. <laughs> and um, I posted that I was throwing out the J card, which comes with the collection sets. So these J cards are like a little slip cover that comes on the set. So it's not like a part of the actual package, but to some people, it's life or death. So I throw mine out because to me, I don't feel like I need it. It's getting in the way of me accessing the discs right then and right now. And you know, I'm a busy lady. I've got things to do, babes. I haven't got time to take J cards off like all willy-nilly, all right? So I decided to just throw them out. And I did it from the very first one. So I don't have any of the old ones. I used to keep them for a little bit because I'm like, people online are really upset that I'm throwing away these, that I'm throwing away these J cards. So maybe I'll just put them away in a little box and keep them. And then when I was moving out, I was like, why am I even keeping them? They're like in a box that I'm never going to open, just bin them. So I did. 
like I'm all for safe sex, but I'm going to be raw dogging these collection sets. I'm not putting the J card condom on. Okay. Like we're not doing it. Like I've got things to do. So we're going to get to the business. So what I want to know is why are people so mad about what I do in the comfort of my own home? Like no one's going to know. Like if I didn't post it, no one would know that I threw away that J card. No one who was like upset, like viscerally like upset that I did this to them would have even known. Like I could grab the Invasion of the Dinosaurs DVD, get a knife and fork, cut it up and eat it. And no one's going to know. No one's going to know. So how does it affect you? If someone posting on Twitter is upsetting you so much, I think you need to kind of look at yourself and be like, why am I allowing this to upset me? Because the thing is, like, people online, they're never going to change. Like, you're always going to have, like, a comment section of people saying crazy things and personal attacks. But, like, that's not going to stop just because you're upset that it's been there. I think it's up to us as individuals to block or be aware of our reactions. You know, like when I check my YouTube comment section, when I upload a new video, I'm like, I prepare myself. I'm like, you're going to get some people saying like, you're going to get some homophobic stuff and you're going to get some stuff about people just not liking it. And you have to be like, that's fine. I'm aware. I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I'm, I'm ready to receive that because the vast majority of people are really nice. And why would I let these negative comments stop me from interacting with the positive ones? I think it's important that we are aware of our own reactions because people aren't going to change, but we can change our own reactions. I don't know why I decided to take this really serious all of a sudden. <laughs> this was supposed to be like a funny segment, but yeah, you know, like just, it's just the internet, babes. Just log off. It's okay. It's okay. But, but back onto the collection sets, why are they always broken? The disc tray is never glued down. People are getting so hung up on the J card, but the collection set of actual box is rotting as we speak. What are we going to do about that? What are we going to do about that? BBC, what are you going to do about that? Answer me. I want to know. I'll be back after this message from our sponsor. Today, we're going to be discussing the Five Doctors 40th Anniversary Edition, which is a brand new edit that is exclusive to the Doctor Who Season 20 Collection box set. This new edit has two new sound mixes, a 5.1 surround sound and a Dolby Atmos edit as well. I couldn't figure out how to do the Dolby Atmos. I just did 5.1 surround sound, which sounded fine on my soundbar. And the edit also has brand new CGI, which is done by Neil Bushnell, which looks really good. Um, it's a great blend of the original and the special edition for the 90s, but we'll go into that in a bit. And the story was originally shot on 16mm film, all of the location stuff was. And so it's been given a brand new remaster, they've rescanned all the film footage and it looks really, really crispy and nice. So I definitely recommend if you're into that type of thing, check out the set, it looks great. One of my biggest critiques about the classic series is that it's shot on videotape which a lot of people love. A lot of people love that videotape look. But for me, I feel like it's a reason why the classic series is so unapproachable to new viewers. I, I think I even heard Russell T. Davies talking about this once, where he talked about how like the original Star Trek shows still hold up and that people can watch them a bit more easily than, um, than something like Doctor Who because it was shot on film and it's a single camera setup and it's a bit more dynamic with how it looks. Whereas Doctor Who looks 
quite low quality and it's shot on like multi-camera setup and it's a bit like a soap opera in that sense. And it's a bit weird to have a science fiction show shot like that. Many people see that as an endearing viewpoint of Doctor Who. But I feel like if you're a new series fan and you wanted to try the classic series, getting used to the pacing, getting used to the way it's shot and the way it looks and how cheap it is, is really difficult. And I think Doctor Who looks even cheaper because it's shot on videotape. But that's a long conversation for another day. But the reason why The Five Doctors is a great way to get into the classic series is because it was mainly shot on film, all location stuff. Not the stuff in studio, but the stuff on location. So, which is quite a lot. A lot of this story was shot on location, so it looks really, really nice. The Five Doctors is one of my favorite classic series stories. It's one of the first ones I ever watched. I think it is a great taster, a little palette of all the first five Doctors. So if you're brand new to the classic series, it's a great way of being like, oh, I like that Doctor. Oh, I like what they're doing. I like their performance. And maybe I'll check out some of their other stories. It gives you a little debrief on like Dalek, Cybermen, and all the different classic series monsters that feature in that story. And I think it's a really, really good jumping on point. So if you haven't tried the classic series, start with the five Doctors. I think you'll be in for a lot, a lot of fun. So what is the five Doctors about? Essentially, the fifth Doctor, Peter Davison, is at the Eye of Orion and he starts like fading away. And it's because all of his previous incarnations are being taken out of time and they are ending up on the death zone on Gallifrey. So basically, all the Doctors are coming together to figure out what's going on and someone has summoned them there for a reason and they all end up meeting at the Tomb of Rassilon. I feel like this type of story would be really difficult to make for the new series. And I think we saw this in like the Day of the Doctor, where they really had to focus on just two of the new series Doctors in order to really tell a story and then just have a little quick little cameo with everybody at the end. Because back when the five Doctors were made, there was only five Doctors on screen, except for Peter Cushing, which in the movies, but we know that doesn't count, so I'm not going to go into it. But, (laughs) you know, the five doctors is really about these five doctors. You can make a story out of that. And even with just five doctors, it's very bloated. There is too many characters. It's really hard to tell a succinct story. So they've, so Terrence Dix, who wrote it, has obviously made like a very niche story where, you know, each doctor has their little companion they go off with, they go to the death zone and they have their own little mini adventures And then they all meet at the end and have their big doctor interaction scene. And then it's over because that's really the only way you could fit that many characters in one place. And also, you know, you've got these people who are leading actors of the show who have ownership over Doctor Who and to get all of those, don't want to say the word ego, but you know, I'm going to say the word ego for, I'm not going to say that they're being egotistical or anything like that, but you know, you've got these big personalities in one room together who all feel like they own the show that would be kind of difficult to manage but by separating them for the majority of it I think is a great way of giving them all their own little time to shine but we also get the the doctor interactions that we all want as well I also think this is a great example of why with multi-doctor stories that have come since like the day of the doctor it's sad that you don't get a companion like David Tennant's doctor at that time is traveling alone where it would have been great if he was with Donna, for example, which is why I'm really excited about the 60th anniversary because it's not just David Tennant coming back as a doctor. Donna's coming back. And I felt like, for me, 
the companion and the companions of their eras are just as important as the doctor. And I'm more excited about companion returns than I am about the doctor returning because that's how I watch the show. I, I identify with the companion more than I do with the doctor. And this story is great because you've got a whole bunch of returning companions. You've got Susan, you've got Sarah Jane, you've got the Brigadier, you've got, that's it, isn't it? And you've also got a bunch of mini um, cameos as well. So they've, they've really tried to like celebrate the entire era with not just the doctors, but also the companions because they're just as important. So I think this story does a great job of celebrating the entirety of Doctor Who at that point which would be really difficult to do now, which is why I think the 60th, if it is just the do- if it is just like David Tennant and Donna, I think that might actually be the correct approach because how can you really celebrate the entire show and, uh, and also tell a good story? I think that's really difficult. I think just choosing little elements to celebrate the entire show is the best way of doing it nowadays because it's just too big. Every man and their dog has played Doctor Who at this point. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's fine. So in this story, we don't have all of the Doctors returning. We have Peter Davison, obviously, as the current Doctor at the time. Tom Baker didn't return, but they have footage from Sharda, which was unmade at the time, and they just slotted some of that in and made it work in context, which I think works. Um, then you also have John Pertwee returning, which is great. We have Patrick Troughton returning as well. But William Hartnell was obviously quite dead, so he couldn't make it um, for obvious reasons. So um, Richard Herndall played the part. And I, I think Richard Herndall does a pretty good job at playing the first Doctor. I think nailing the first Doctor's character is really difficult. I think a lot of people think his Doctor's kind of just an arsehole. Yeah, he's a bit of a dick as a part of his character, but I don't think it's his, his entire character. In many ways, I prefer Herndall's performance to David Bradley's, um, but I haven't really been completely sold on anyone's interpretation of the first Doctor because I think it's just really difficult. I don't think people give William Hartnell the credit he deserves before being able to balance that being a bit rough and being very kind at the same time. It's a very difficult thing to get right. And I think people should show more love for the first doctor. And I think it's a bit more of a journey to get him to that point where he's nicer in the same way of Colin, Colin Baker's doctor, Peter Capaldi's doctor also has the same thing. It takes a while for, to find that balance and then to be really like, Oh, that was worth it. So the Five Doctors now has three different versions. You have the original television transmitted version. You have the 90s special edition. And then you, now you have the 40th anniversary edition. There are other edits. Like, I know there's like four part edits of it and stuff like that, but I don't care about them. These, these are the ones we're talking about. I historically always watch the, the 90s special edition version. And the 90s special edition has more scenes. Uh, a lot of stuff that was cut has been put back in. And it had new special effects. And, um, I was always, that was the version I always watched. So I never really watched the original version until like a few years ago when I watched it for the first time. And there's a lot of like different opinions about which version's better. A lot of people prefer the original special effects from the original version compared to the nineties version. And a lot of people think the, the special edition had too many extended scenes and they were extended a bit awkwardly that they kind of felt padded out which is something I, I actually do agree with. But I feel like the 40th anniversary edition, they were like, all right, we'll do new effects that people seem to love. I think they look really great. And also they they did it on the original edit. So um, the special edition, the new, the new added scenes are not in this version. But on the collection set, you have options to watch all three. Um, it's always very comprehensive, these collection sets. So whatever version you prefer, you can watch, which is great. 
Um, I think the 40th anniversary is the one I'm going to stick with. That's the one I, 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 I thought it was really, really good. And I, that's the one I'm going to stick with from now on. One of my biggest criticisms about the five doctors is that Susan comes back and there's like no fanfare. Like the fifth doctor and Susan don't really have a conversation about like, you said you'd come back, but you never did. That there's none of that stuff. It, it's so strange to have Susan come back and it means nothing. And it kind of feels like the new series is really begging for that reunion between the doctor and Susan. And I don't know if it will ever happen. I know they did it on Big Finish with the eighth Doctor, but I think it would be something I'd happily see on television because um, I love Susan. And I think there's so much potential for that character. The Doctor's granddaughter, the Doctor's family, that's something we don't really see. But then again, I guess that mystery could just stay there forever. I don't know. Um, I'm sure Caroline will be up to doing a scene or two and then regenerating or something. I don't know. But um, I feel like I've heard her say at convention she'd happily return. Um, and I think that'd be great. Um, but who knows? Who knows? One of the weird things about this new edit, though, was um, the color grade on the film uh, was more blue than the previous edit. The, the previous edit was more orange, which I think actually suits the death zone quite well. I actually quite think the blue looks great. But there's um, there's a bit where the brigadier and the second doctor meet at the unit headquarters, and it's so blue. It's like they didn't grade it. Um, but that could be a stylistic choice. You know, color grade is all up to interpretation. There's no right or wrong way of doing it. But um, yeah, I think when you see them side by side, you're like, whoa, that's a stark difference. <laughs> but yeah, if you haven't watched The Five Doctors before, I think this is the edit you should get to watch it. I, I think it's probably the best one we're going to get so far until they release the 50th anniversary version, the 60th anniversary, the 70th. And you know what? I'll buy them too because that's what Doctor Who fans, we just buy anything the BBC puts out and they know it. But I think this story will have some really funny moments that people will, will love. Like you've got the infamous, what? No, not the mind probe, which is one of my favorite line deliveries of all time. Because he's like so shocked when he's like, what? And then like, it's like he gets bored halfway through saying it. And he's like, no, nah, not the mind probe. Like he just wants to go home. Like it's been a long day at the studio and he's like, oh God, it's my last line. Just get me out of here. So, you know, I can relate to that. You know, you just want to go home. It's been a long day, babes. I get it. And then also you've got like the first doctor eating pineapple and it's like disgusting and squelchy and just like ASMR. It was just gross. And then of course, one of my favorite bits when like Susan and Turlow and the TARDIS together and she's like, and like basically they're in danger and Susan's like, what do we do now? And then Turlow turns around and he's like, Die. It's so stupid. It's just so dramatic. Just like, I guess we'll die. It's so funny. Like, it just makes me laugh so much. But yeah, the story, definitely recommend it. Love this new edit. This this collection box set is probably one of the best ones yet we've had. You know, like every story has like optional CGI and it's just so comprehensive, you know, like especially coming after like the season two box set, which I was really disappointed with. It just felt so bare bones. And then this one feels like, overly boned it's just it's just bones it's just bone city and um so yeah i definitely recommend it it's great it's one of the best ones so far so yeah anyway we'll be back after this break where we're going to do some questions and answers from the audience bye-bye this is the segment where i josh snares answers questions from the audience which is you 
If you have a question, query, or quandary that you'd like to ask me, send an email to whovianapod at gmail.com. This week's question is from a variety of people. But this particular one is from Paraco EPC. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. They've said, what happened to your Twitter account? How will I get my Nissa memes now? Very good question. Um, so, <laughs> so essentially, uh, my Twitter account got permanently banned because um, I tweeted something quite uh, aggressive about the Tory party after they were saying some quite aggressive things about trans people. And... Honestly, um, my dog died the night before, so I was just a bit angry and I decided to take it out on Twitter. So my account got banned for violent speech (laughs) Um, and it was a permanent ban as well. I did try to appeal it, but um, I'll be honest, when I got the email saying my account got banned, I was like, am I free? Am I finally like free from Twitter? I felt like so much of my life was just spent checking Twitter looking at notifications and messages and just being kind of angry all the time. I felt like it brought out an anger, like a more angry side of me. And I just felt like, is this really a place I want to be? Does anyone really want to be angry all the time? I I still think it's important to be clued in with what's happening in the world. And I still am. I'm on Instagram and stuff like that. So I still see stuff. But um, I don't think Twitter was a happy place for me. So I think it was kind of a blessing in disguise. I'll be honest, I don't regret what I said. Obviously, how I said it was because I was angry. I, I, look, I'm a pacifist. I wouldn't hurt a fly. I'm a vegetarian for fuck's sake. Like, come on. <laughs> like, um, But, you know, I was just angry. And I was really insulted by what these government people are saying about trans people. And uh, I'm not going to stand for it. So, you know, and, you know, I think I'm entitled to my opinion just as they are. You know, and I think they're wrong for their opinions and I think their opinions hurt people. This next question is from Andre Oliveira. Hi Josh, everything all right? Just wanted to ask, is there a project with an 8th Doctor audio animation, specifically with Charlie? So I was working on doing an animation of The Chimes of Midnight. I finished the first episode, um, but I've taken a bit of a break from it. For me, like with my projects, like I'll get really hyper-focused and I'll do heaps and heaps and I'll just do so much and then I'll just stop. And then months later, I'll come back and I'll go straight back into it again. So the first episode is done. Um, It's kind of just sitting on my hard drive at the moment. I don't like to release stuff until it's like a full package because every single question would be like, when's the next episode? When's the next episode? And also like, I also don't want people to think like I'm going to be releasing animations every five seconds. You know, like I just released like a two-hour animation of the genocide machine a seven doctor story and it's like every single comment's like when are you doing another one it's like can we just focus on the fact i just did one (laughs) like i feel like people are so excited to move on i feel like this is like a thing just say media in general it's like something will come out and they'll be like when's the next one coming out i remember like when i went to doctor who festival pity poverty came out to australia he went to sydney and it was this like a big convention and i remember there's like a q a segment and people were asking Stephen Moffat being like, when are you going to cast a new Doctor? Who's going to be the next Doctor? Would you like this as the next Doctor? And Stephen turned it around and he was like, Peter Capaldi just got cast. Like season nine's currently airing. It's, his second season hasn't even finished yet. And you're already asking who's the next Doctor. And I, I feel like this isn't just Doctor Who fans. This is everyone. It's always like, when is the next thing? It's the contentification of film and television where it's just people want more without ever thinking about what they already have. It's like a collector mindset. 
it feels like, you know, when like Marvel like announced their film slate where they have like Ant-Man's coming out next year and then um, Bug Boy and then, you know, Slender Woman um, and everybody's like, oh, I can't wait for Slender Woman to come out in three years. Uh, but then I'm looking forward to Splendid Woman, like, 58. And it's like, can we just enjoy what's coming out now? I feel like film and television are so discardable. Like, why can't we just, like, be happy with what we've got? But, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound like people in my genocide machine animation are just saying, oh, you know, where's the next one? Like, a lot of people are saying they loved it and stuff like that, and that's great. And I'm happy people are liking it. I'm happy I could get it out and share it with people without Big Finish getting annoyed at me <laughs> for, you know, copyright. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not an animation producer. I do them for fun. Um, they'll come out when I feel like it. And that's about it, really. <laughs> but yet, if you have any questions that you want to ask me, please send an email to whovianapod at gmail.com. And I'll try my best to answer your question live on the show. Or I'll send it to an email if I feel like it's not something I want to share online. <laughs> Thank you for listening or watching Hooviana. Don't forget to click below to subscribe to the official Josh Nez YouTube channel or Hooviana Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can follow the Instagram and TikTok at Pod. If you have any audience questions, please email them to whovianapod at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the pod, consider donating to our Ko-fi account at ko-fi.com slash joshsnares. Thank you once again for listening and or watching, and I will see you next time or else. Hooviana is a podcast by Josh Snares. Music by Barnabas Sharp. The word Hooviana was invented by Gemma Boyd. <laughs>